Hello and welcome to a special episode of The Lowdown. Today I am delighted to be joined by Christian Dobrik, an advocate both of positional play and also a member of the German coaching school of Ralf Regnick to preview this weekend's upcoming Champions League final between Manchester City and Chelsea. Christian, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Christian, you've been on once again. <laughs> How excited are you for this weekend's final? I'm pretty excited. I think it's one of the most entertaining teams in the world that playing against each other and the, I think, biggest game that you can have in European football. And I think two of the most interesting coaches in the world are going to compete against each other. And yeah, well, that's going to be a great show. And I think even from the tactical point of view, it's it will be incredible, incredible. Yeah, it will be a joy to watch. And it's something we've discussed on our previous podcast, Christian, and indeed off camera today. Um, one of the biggest legacies which post-COVID has had on top-level football has been that top-level football now is all about control, be it keeping possession for long periods of time or going back into low-compact blocks without the ball. There are a few other teams which personify this as good as both Manchester City and Chelsea. Starting with Man City, Christian, I mean, what a season they have had. What has impressed them most about you over the past six to seven months? I think they got an incredibly or incredible flexibility all over the, uh, the whole squad. If you have seen the last season from Manchester City and how they struggled at a few points, especially on the international top level, they were, they were really forced on a few players. And I think one of the achievements of this season is that they are not forced to use certain players to be successful. As you can see, they have a really nice squad with really top, top players and everybody is part of the collective. And for Pep Guardiola, it's amazing to have this flexibility in, in a squad and change things up. And as you can see, the tactics of uh, Manchester City regarding to the last years, they changed. So it's more flexible, not just do 3-5 like you played it in the, in the last seasons. Uh, sometimes you played a similar uh, game model or structure like uh, Johan Cruyff used in, back in the days at Barcelona with three in the back and uh, really nice flexibility and i think that's one of the biggest strengths of manchester city this season and that's why i think it's totally deserved that they are going to the champions league final and also dominated the league i mean especially christian we've seen chelsea or we've seen manchester city sorry in the big games especially set up with the strikerless formation case in point approaching this weekend's clash with chelsea ilkay gundigan is it the citizens' top scorer this season? I mean, what does this tell us about their system? And have have City struck the perfect balance between that blend we spoke about between order and chaos before? I mean, we're fast be we're fast becoming involved in an age of football or an era of football where formations are becoming utterly useless, really. And it's all about the principles. Would you agree? Yeah, totally. I think in the last podcast we spoke about formations and how they are important in modern football and I think they're not important at all. As you can see, it's just, I think Pep once said, it's just like telephone numbers. It's not important anymore. It's just 
if you play 4-4-2 or 4-3-3 in the game, the formation and the structure is never like you have them on paper or just on, on the table. And as you can see, Pep uses his fullbacks in a flexible way. He's using his number eight in a flexible way. Uh, it's all mixed up and nobody is in possession in the same position as they are in pressing. So I think that's one of the key aspects that these flexibility and also, as you said or mentioned, uh, the role of Ikei uh, Gunuan, I think it's really important to see these kind of changes and development in the squad because if you look back on the days on Ilkay Gunuan, uh, he was really static on his position, like he was in the classical pivot. And right now he's something like, yeah, I think a, a number 10, a half number 10. And I think that's one of the most important keys for the, for the, the whole squad that you have players that they're able to play multiple positions in a, in a high quality. And if you have a squad like this, where every player can, is, is able to play two or three different positions in the match and knows how which zone has to be occupied in which certain moments i think that's one of the most important aspects if you like to dominate the game and be in control and not drift to the chaos of course and i think you know for two guys such as ourselves involved in coaching christian it's still funny i think guardiola even though he's won two champions leagues and he's won league titles everywhere he's gone he's still undervalued and underappreciated to a point in that you have this Manchester City team, although great individuals and whatnot, how exactly hard is it to distill the, this method of play which Guardiola has evoked over the City side where each player seems to be playing to each other's intentions? And we discussed off camera, there being multiple reference points on a pitch, you see most teams just using the ball as a reference point. But City are able to use the ball, their own teammates, the opposition. How tough is that to coach? I think it's not that tough because regarding if you walk, work with your players in general, I think there are really smart players outside, really, especially on the professional level. There are really smart players. They think like coaches and you need players like this in every team, no matter if you play a positional play or if you play a different style or a different model. But I think if you work with principles that are easy to understand and you have a way for your players to solve a certain situation, I think it's not that, not that hard to coach. Like in my personal work, we also use this, this game model of positional play and we help our players with simple rules in, in, in certain moments they can follow. And that's something that gives them security in, in different situations. And if you have these kind of rules for your for your team, it's not that hard. But for you as a coach, the work begins to define your principles and define your rules for the players. And if you're not able to define what you like to have in certain situation and in different phases of the game, then it's hard to coach. But as you said, I think Pepariola is incredibly underrated and I think it's a cultural thing. So not just in England, also in Germany, it was always like we we have a different culture of football in, in our countries. In England, it was, I think, pretty similar to the German style. It was all about power. It was about uh, speed. It was about being a tough guy. And Pep Guardiola is, is the total opposite of that. And in Germany, it was the same. Germany was really, it was a culture of heavy metal football, like Jürgen Klopp called it. It was about speed, about counter attacks, about high pressing. And these 
possession style with a lot of control and being patient and all this it wasn't in the in the dna of the country and i think that's why they're underrated in these kind of, of countries but in, in different countries like in spain or in catalonia i think they get the, you know, the appreciation they deserve and obviously there's been a slight modification to the guardiola guidebook when it comes to positional play this season christian and you know when guardiola said earlier on the season we are not a team for the transitions and he referred to manchester city regaining their rhythm by making a thousand passes what exactly did he mean i think that he knows that his teams need the tra- once pep said he doesn't like his team to not have the ball because they can't defend I think it's something Pep really liked to use phrases that are maybe not the reality, but most of the time he he gets the point. And I think he liked to say with that, that if you're not good in transitions, you like to have the ball all the time. And the main goal is to re- regain the possession if you are losing it. And I think that's something that he likes to implement his players in the mindset. They have a, they have a focus on a certain aspect of the game. Like if you lose the ball, you have to win it back immediately, or we have we are in, we are in struggle, we have problems, and I think uh, that's why he said something like this. I think Manchester City at all is not a bad transition team, and also they played great counter attacks. I think every team, if you are if you are, have the reminder that Pep's way of playing is the total football, I think total football means that you need to be dominant in every phase of the game. So in possession, without possession, and the transition moments, and, and yeah, set pieces, I think everything is important to, yeah, to have control over it, and Pep knows that really well, but he likes to focus his players. Naturally, he's a guy too, you know, he wants to dominate all the phases, and albeit before, we're City, we're more gung-ho with their high pressing, this season they've been a bit more passive, but that doesn't mean they sacrifice anything really. When you look when they're defending, they're actually okay when they go into medium to low block and become compact. We've seen how the signing of Ruben Diaz and the rekindling of John Stones to top form has helped that too at Manchester City. And the knock-on effect, which has had, of course, Christian, is we've seen City Although, be it they're playing with the slower tempo, more passive pressing, they do concede less XG per shot. But how will City just manage this Saturday the counterattack of Chelsea, which we discussed off camera, with Werner's pace and, of course, the dynamism of Christian Pulisic, Mason Mount, players that are adept at breaking the lines through passing and dribbling? I think the counterattack is one of the and the strength of Chelsea in general and I think that will be one of the most important aspects to control but I think if you control the the center and the midfield you're able to control counter-attacks so as Pep started to bring his fullbacks into the middle it was not just because you can dominate the ball with five players in in the channels and the center um, but also because you have a really good structure to prevent counter-attacks and I think uh, if Pep is mentioned to his possession phase, he also will use similar structures to prevent uh, players from making deep runs. As you can see in the in the last matches, he was really patient about 
which player has to move where into possession to prevent counterattacks. And I think that will be one of the most important aspects for him to prevent this counterattacks. And he is really good into finding solutions in possession to prevent these kind of moments. Like in Germany, he always he saw every team was playing 4-4-2 and one player, one striker was far ahead and the other striker kind of, he was like a false nine or was going to the side. And he was really good in, in controlling these two players because these were the, the most important players in this kind of counter-attack model that is dominant in Germany. And I think he will find solutions. But on the other hand, I think he won't, well, he will be not be so, I think he is not, how can I say it? He will give also the ball to Chelsea and try to give his players a pause. It was a long season and the players had really much to do and he knows that it's, it's hard to go these last 90 minutes and as you said, he's also in the low block, he became more confident and he's keeping the things simple. And I think these simple things will decide this, this match. If we are, if you are going into the basics, you're good in the basics and uh, you're also good in, in the, simil- the, the simple things, I think you will win this game. It's not, not that important to have the best tactics. I think the simple things will decide it. Of course, and you speak about the simple things and it's something which one Malilo, Pep's assistant, speaks about the whole time. And when Lilo was asked before to give a detailed description about positional play, he just had one line and he says, look at the opposition, they'll tell you what to do. You've seen, as you discussed this season, City have a knack of pursuing numerical superiority out wide when they build up in like a diamond-like shape. And they do that in order to overload and isolate, essentially to find a qualitative advantage elsewhere. If they do so on Saturday, as we expect, where exactly do you think they'll target within Chelsea's structure? Yeah, I think as you could see from the Champions League game against Dortmund for City, it's really important to uh, control the half spaces, so the, the interior channels. And I think these the control of the interior channels and the half spaces will be the key to bring this game model alive, to bring the, the opponent on one side and try it on the other side and to try to score there. And if you control the half spaces, then you will win this game. But as you saw, Egin Terzic from Dortmund, he, he knew that Pep liked to control the half spaces and he needs to control the half spaces, especially against a low block. And Thomas Tuchel knows Pep really well. Uh, these two guys are going to, to dinner together and speaking about football and uh, something that I really would like to listen to, but uh, <laughs> that's a different topic. Uh, but I think the, the the control of the half spaces will be something that they will battling for in this in this game, and it will be really interesting to see which player will decide it with their individual quality to dominate these places. If somebody like N'Golo Kanté is able to prevent Kevin De Bruyne from controlling the half uh, the half spaces, it will be, I think, one of the most deciding factors on the tactical view. And meanwhile, looking at Chelsea and Thomas Tuchel in particular, I mean, what a job he's done in just over four months at the helm. Given your insight and what you've heard of people who have worked with and for Tuchel, Christian, I mean, what, has, what do you think he's brought exactly to Chelsea Football Club? I think he brought a certain mentality. I think that's one of the most important aspects that Thomas Tuchel can give the club. 
So I don't know if it's uh, known in the in the Anglo-speaking in the English-speaking uh, world, but he once made uh, I think a keynote speech on a think tank from I think the industry in Germany, and in this keynote speak he or keynote uh, keynote uh, yeah speak I think he talked about how he set up a, a team from the mentality aspect and he's a guy he's really about the detail he's disciplined he is he's going to make better players just because of the mentality he's he likes discipline a lot and i think that's one of the most important aspects on the first uh, on the first try with chelsea because i don't think that in general the team of uh, frank lampard had this kind of discipline that thomas tuchel brought to them but on the other hand i think he is a tactical genius and he has a certain mythology that is different from everybody else in the premier league and that's also different for the players and that brings a new impulse and is going to push the player out of comfort zone and that is something that is incredibly incredible uh, important for his success and as you can see he is a tactical genius he learned at first from Ralf Rangnick here in germany and after that, he learned from Pep Guardiola. And you can see these kind of influences in his game and his way, how he's approaching uh, in general and uh, how he set up his teams. Exactly. And I mean, if you look at Tuchel's earlier days at Mainz, of course, given constrained resources and everything else he had to deal with, it was to quote or to paraphrase Bruce Lee, my style is no style. And um, we've heard players come out and said they were expected to change formation up to five, six times a game, which is frankly ludicrous, even at today's top level. But at Chelsea, there seems to be more of an embedded philosophy. Uh, Two, like Guardiola, loves controlling the most important spaces on the pitch. For him, that means he wants to press and to pass as much as possible in the opponent's half. What does this look like on the pitch? Yeah, as you can see, he has an as, as an assistant coach, Zoid Löw, and I think he's the guy about the pressing. He's from Red Bull, and you can see that he is really into these Red Bull topics, like a good pressing, something Red Bull is really known for in, in all Europe. And you can see this quality. And he likes to be dominant about pressing and, and on the one hand, and also he likes to be dominant when he gets the ball. So these are, I think, two sides of the same coin. And uh, Thomas Tuchel got that. And uh, if he says he likes to have the ball all the time in the opponent's half, it's similar to what Pep Guardiola said back in the days. Like Pep once said, his dream is that uh, he can lock up the opponent in his own half and uh, they don't even cross the, the line of the, in the midfield. So I think it's the same dream those two guys have. And that's something that uh, Thomas Tuchel meant, that he likes to pass the ball, pass the ball, and if there is a is it a gap, he likes to exploit this gap and it's going to play through. And if it's not working in, in this way, he likes to press, press and use this transition moments to score a goal. And I think it's something like a hybrid between the pure Pep Guardiola who came from FC Barcelona to FC Bayern and uh, brought this into Bundesliga and talked a lot with Thomas Tuchel. And also on the other side, uh, the influences of Jürgen Klopp, of, of, of Ralf Rangnick, like scoring after seven seconds and so on, what uh, Ralf Rannick is always t t uh, talking to his, his trainers and his coaches in his, uh, in his school of Red Bull. You can see these influences and I'm really, I'm really hyped about to see it at the weekend. I think it's a great clash. Of course, and 
I mean, one, not so much conundrum for Tuchel, but a conundrum and what's spoken a lot of the time amongst Chelsea fans is Timo Werner. And he's a player which I believe is actually crucial to Tuchel's style of play and this high energetic counter-pressing scheme. I mean, you as a coach, Christian, how would you feel if you had a player that was giving you so much without the ball and in most other phases of the game, when it comes down to just sheer numbers and scoring goals, he's not giving you the output you require. I mean, where do you lie on this? First of all, I have to say I'm a, a really, I'm a great fan of Timo Werner. I'm, I'm really, so I've, I've, I think he's one of the most underrated strikers out there. And you, you as a coach, you need to know how to bring him into this game. Like, as you can see, it, as he started at Red Bull, uh, he had coaches like uh, Ralf Hasenhüttel after that, later Ralf Rangnick, and they had a certain playing model where he has a lot of space in front of him. And as a striker, this was crucial for him. So there was a counter-team counter like heavy metal football with, with Jürgen Klopp. And Timo Werner, he works in this kind of style really, really well. And as you could see at the German national team, it's the same with Timo Werner as the start at Chelsea and the, talking about the output because he has a different role there. Timo Werner is, is really explosive when it comes to pace, when it comes to dribbling. And I think these are his, his key, uh, yeah, his, his key skill, the key of his skill set in general. And as you can see, if you know these, there are differences between this game model, you need to change the role of Timo Werner. And as you can see, also Julian Nagelsmann, he used Timo Werner in a different kind of manner than the coaches before at Red Bull. So he played more like a number 10. So he has again more front and more space in front of him uh, because the, the teams in Germany, they got to a low block against Red Bull. So there's a change. And also in the national team, there was a change because he can't, you are not able to counter all the time in, in teams like Chelsea or uh, I think also in the German national team because most of the teams, uh, they like to defend and sit deep and there is not that much spa space in behind uh, of the last line. So if I, as a coach, had somebody like Timo Werner, I'd try to the, find the best position for him and find to, in, in, with position, I mean the, the best room or the best space in a certain situation. And I think Thomas Tuchel, he's right now with Timo Werner in kind of a process about that, but they will find a solution for that. And if they find the optimal solution, Timo Werner, he's like a weapon. I'm, I'm totally convinced. And on the other hand, of course, he's young and I think there's a lot of pressure and there's also a lot of pressure about the, the mentality for him. In Germany, he had to fight with fans who called him uh, really bad words after he, he dived one time at, uh, at Schalke. And it was also on the TV. It was a meme in the internet. So there are a lot of things that bring pressure to him. And I think that you can see this with Fernando Torres as he was at Chelsea. It's always for strikers. It's, it's a hard time if you are a meme on the internet. So I think that's one of the, the most important aspects they need to control the, the part of, of the mentality of the pressure for him and also find the best position, the best space in, in the game model. Of course, I mean, I've been certainly enamoured by Timo Werner. First and foremost, for coming across him at RB Leipzig, but the past three, four months at Chelsea, 
I mean, if the law of averages is a real thing, Christian, I'd take next season Timo Werner will be at the top end of the goal charts. But I mean, largely, this is a Chelsea team that is prepared to suffer. But um, you look at Thomas Tuchel, he's created harmony within the group, which was you know, was essentially disjointed after Lampard's departure. Um, everyone has got fair opportunities, and even the likes of Kepa, uh, Antonio Rudiger coming back into the side, Andreas Christensen, the Milan Jorginho. Players trust them, and we spoke off camera about how quickly they've been able to assimilate concepts. I mean, when we look at Guardiola and Tuchel, they're not just master tacticians, Erde. I mean, they speak multiple languages. How undervalued and underappreciated is the role of social competence when you're working at the heights they are in the game of football? I think the social competence is the most important aspect for a coach. We're always talking a lot about tactics, about game models and so on, but the most important aspect is this kind of social interactions with your players. If your players are not convinced from about what you're saying to them, or if they, are, they don't trust you, you are lost as a coach. So as you can see, the players in general, if they like to remove you, they will be successful if they don't like you. So if you are not good at the social skills, the basic of, of human interaction, you will lose the team and you will lose everything you, you could set up about tactics and so on. So it's the most important aspects of our work. You can see that with Jürgen Klopp. Jürgen Klopp, he's a great human being and it's one of his biggest strengths. And I think that's also something that make him really top, top coach. And I think guys like Thomas Tuchel and Pep Guardiola, they have, they are not guys like Klopp, but I think also they have uh, great social skills and know how to handle the group and uh, which, which way of handle the group is important in which situation uh, specifically. So that's totally underrated and we need to talk a lot about just being human in football. I think it's something that we don't speak enough about because the players are just humans with different interests, with different needs, with different yeah, problems. With, and the same is for us coaches. It's like in every, like every human group in the society else. And I think that's really important. And as you could see Pep Guardiola yesterday in the, in the match against, uh, after they winning the title, and he was crying in front of the TV camera and was appreciating Aguero and what a great guy he is. And I think that's something you can impress your players with, that you that they they know you are honest, that you're real, that you're not playing a role or something. And yeah, I think Pep Guardiola is always real and he always tries to, to push his players to the to the limits and the players appreciate that. And that's the same with Thomas Tuchel. Naturally, I think, and I agree to be fair that both managers Guardiola and Tuchel have indeed created you know cultures and systems within their respective clubs that are bigger than any player and we've seen this season how the likes of Almeric Laporta and Raheem Sterling have suffered as a result of ill discipline in Guardiola's squad but if we are going to touch briefly upon the tactics of course Christian I mean we have seen over the past month Chelsea have played Manchester City twice and indeed have beaten them twice albeit taken to two different approaches. Um, one in the FA Cup, which was of notable interest, was the featuring of Kepa, Arisabalaga in goals. 
And we've seen in that game, Chelsea's outball was largely Reese James or Ben Chilwell. However, that was aided with the runs and the dynamism of the likes of Hakim Ziyech and Mason Mount, who were constantly dragging Rodri and respective fullbacks, uh, Mendy and Joe Cancelo, out of play. And James and Chilwell often tasked with progressing the ball forward. Then, two weeks ago, we've seen in the Premier League City's unusual 5 1 4 formation going to man, <laughs> man to man versus Chelsea's 3 4 3. And as you disclosed earlier yourself, indeed, essentially, Chelsea were looking to bait pressure in the half spaces before utilizing Werner's pace in behind. If, <laughs> I mean, that's quite a mouthful, Christian. But how do you think, to the best of your knowledge, will both sides set up? to counteract each other on Saturday? It's really hard to predict, I think, because Pep Guardiola tends to do different things, especially in important games. Um, it's really hard to predict, as you remember back then, as he played with Bayern Munich against uh, the FC Barcelona, uh, he played man-to-man -man all over the pitch, and it was really crazy to watch because nobody expected it at all. And I think Pep is a really creative guy, and. He's somebody who is right now probably sitting since uh, yeah, since yesterday all the time in this chamber and lock, uh, locking it up and watching games, games, games of Thomas Tuchel in every manner and tries to find the perfect plan. And I think it's hard to predict. I, I, if I would try, I would miss, I think. So, and for Thomas Tuchel, I think he won't do much experiments. I think he's in this, in this kind of matches it was always about stability, about doing the things you know you're good at. You could see that at Dortmund, you can see that at Chelsea right now. And I think he won't set up different than he has done in the, the past weeks. So maybe he will change a few specific dynamisms between positions or players. But I think he won't change formations or something like that. Um, I would predict that he will bring on uh, N'Golo Kante uh, because he would he will be so important to close down the half spaces and that's what I would do um, and try to have a good dynamism or good dynamics and dynamic players into my midfield and between the lines but uh, I think as I as I said really hard to predict and I mean as you alluded to earlier on Christian do you believe it will be a game won and lost in the half spaces, given that we've seen there's many similar principles utilized by both sides. Yeah, they're, they're kind of, of kind of the same when it comes to using the half spaces. They are doing it with different structures, but the intention is the same. So they try to dominate this and trying to free player between the lines into the half space and be able to change or switch sides after quick passes on one side. So baiting the team up or baiting the other team onto one side, wreck them and then bring the ball to the other side. And you need the house bases to be occupied in a certain manner uh, to have a good change of, of play. So I think it would, will be a battle of, of about house bases and it can be really interesting because in the end, the individual class of the players will decide that into this certain areas. And maybe somebody is to, to, to try to overload them. I, I think Pep maybe is a guy who tries to overload the house spaces. So he's, he's, he can ensure, he's sure that he will dominate the house spaces, maybe bringing two players in each house space. But 
you see, I, possibly he will use uh, the fullbacks again to occupy the house spaces because you have more control in, in uh, yeah, the rest defense and the counter attacks. And you have also the, the ability to bring five players between the lines. Maybe something like that. Uh, if I would be him, maybe I would try it like that to, to bring more players into the center and yeah, just be convinced about my players on the on the on the the, the outside line and to win the the one on one and bring the cross or uh, cutting it back. I think that could be a, a possible good way. And Christian, if I had to put you under pressure for a prediction, who do you think is going to win on Saturday? Yeah, from patriotism, I should say Thomas Tuchel probably, but um, I think Pep Guardiola is a guy that um, admire him since I started as a coach, even before. So I'm really into Pep Guardiola and his way of playing, and uh, and also the way he, he treats his players and he's, he's communicating with the press and so on. I learned a lot from him out of out of distance. Um, so. I'm predicting that Pep will find a real creative solution and it will be a really tough game. But in the end, they they will win this game and maybe an extra time. But I think Pep Guardiola and Manchester City, they were going to do it. And Thomas Tuchel yeah, will lose his second final in yeah, one year. <laughs> but um, finally, to close, Christian, um, I mean, one club you're currently involved with, Holstein Kiel. Um, just a quick word on them. I mean, they've had an amazing season. What a run to the semi-finals of the DFB Pokal. And now they're in the playoffs, the promotion relegation for the Bundesliga against Cologne. I mean, what do you have to say about Holstein Kiel's performances this season? It's been utterly amazing to watch from a distance. Yeah, we have a really talented coach. We have a really good squad with Oliverna. We have a coach that he, he's really into a positional game when it comes to possession, but he also learned from uh, yeah, the defending from, from player coaches that were before him. He learned a lot from Tim Walter, from Markus Anfang, also from Carsten Neitzel, who were in the club before him. And I think he's a really interesting coach to watch in future. A really interesting coach because he is on the human base. He's a really good guy, and he's really based in general. So it's incredible what he made with the team, especially under the certain conditions with COVID. And and yeah, you have to see the squad was two times in quarantine, and that's a really hard thing for a squad who's going on a run and he's competing in, in two different uh, yeah in two different leagues, so in the DFB Pokal and also in, in the Bundesliga, uh, and always for the highest, always for the highest goal. And they did an, an incredible job. The whole club did an incredible job and uh, the team, yeah, really good characters into it, like Hauke Wall, our captain. I think there are players into it that have a, a, a really great class and you can see that they are able to think about football and Sadly, now we are in, in, in the relegation games for the promotion uh, and not going directly into the first league, but I think it's a great result. And if you would say to the club at the beginning of the season, you will finish at the third place and going to play uh, Cologne in the relegation games for, for the promotion. Everybody would say immediately, yes, we will do it. That's great. And also in the, in the DFB Pokal, 
I think if you are going to to beat this Bayern Munich side with this Robert Lewandowski right now into this form uh, in their own stadium and as a, a team from the second division, it's it's amazing. So what a season! I think there's not much comparable or in comparison in, in the whole world right now into what they have achieved in this season and uh, I'm really proud to be a part of it also when it's just the academy. Yeah, and I think what's utterly more remarkable in that a season where Werder Bremen get relegated, Hamburg have been in the Bundesliga as well since 2018, and Kiel have an opportunity to be the only northern German club in the Bundesliga next season and I'm sure it's a game most of us will be tuned into over the coming week. Well, both playoff games, in fact. But um, Christian, once again, big thanks for coming on for round two. Hopefully we'll have uh, Scott to get you on in the future for round three. Yeah, I would be really glad about that. And I wish every every listener a really nice game at the weekend and uh, enjoy us as much as you can possibly do. Uh, from the tactical side and also from just the spectator side I will be also a fan and not the tactical coach so I have two glasses I think tactical coach glasses when I watch a game and also the fan glasses and I can only recommend to everybody watch it with the fan glasses at the weekend Fantastic, Christian top man thanks for having me <laughs>